That's no plan. That's a plot to murder me. I'm having no part of it. You signed a contract. Yeah, to fuck for freedom. But I ain't meeting my maker in Frogtown. That's not in my contract. Page 12, subparagraph 8. If we can't get the girls out, your field potency will then be utilized. Okay. Okay, but what if I get them pregnant and we're still in Frogtown? What happens to me? Fulfill all the terms of your contract and you won't ever have to find out. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah! What? Let's renegotiate, huh? Hey everybody, welcome back to Uncanny Cinema. We are here with an interesting film for this go-round. Uh, you know, something that's, I would say, Oscar caliber, really up there. You know, just a very... Yes. A, a touching film, yes. something for the whole family. A family so, film. A lot yes. of depth. A lot, lot of depth. We are going to be looking at 1988's Hell Comes to Frogtown. And it is everything that it sounds like and more. Uh, the film itself is directed by Donald G. Jackson. And it is co-written by Jackson and Randall Frakes. In fact, Jackson is listed as the director, producer, writer, and cinematographer. And when I was looking at all his credits, it was feeling very Astronaut Jones from the old SNL skit. Written by Tracy Morgan. Directed by Tracy Morgan. Um, but Randall Frakes co-wrote this and we'll talk a little bit about him later on and the film stars rowdy roddy piper as sam hell he is the hell in the title hell comes to frogtown we have sandal bergman as spangle keck varel as sentinella william smith as captain devlin slash count sodom uh, Rory Calhoun as Looney Tunes, most famously known as from a joke on The Simpsons, and uh, Nicholas Wirth as Bull. And don't feel bad if you haven't heard of any of these people but Rowdy Roddy Piper, because no one ever has. Although I think Sandal <laughs> Bergman was in some of the Conan movies, and she was in a few other things in the 80s that like you might have seen her in. So our film is about, it is a film in which Roddy Roddy Piper is tasked with getting women pregnant for the war effort. That is essentially the crux of the movie that we're dealing with. And then there's more to be found beyond that. But that's uh, kind of the central thesis of Hell Comes to Frogtown. So we will, we will launch into this. Uh, but first, I will introduce our uh, panel for this. We have returning, it's been a little while since he was on our show. I think you were back on Robot Jocks last time, Doug. That's right. Hi, everybody. Yeah, so we have Doug here. And uh, we also have joining us once again, she's been on many of our shows, and she is a lover of bad films, Jack. Greetings, Linton. And we have Jack's friend joining us for the first time, who, as I understand it, is also a lover of bad films, and it is Isabel. Hi. Hey. Welcome to the show. So we are going to launch right into Hell Comes to Frogtown. I don't really have a whole lot of other information to lead up front with, I don't think. there's The rest of the stuff can kind of trickle in as we go for uh, different plot things. So yeah, I think we just go into it. And uh, what do we make of Hell Comes to Frogtown? Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's where do we jump in here? Oh, yeah, jump frogs, get it? Get ah, all night long. Jokes. Um, 
Listen, yes, I do like bad movies. I do. Uh, this one, though, this one's this one's a special level of terrible. Um, it's like occupying that space where it's like not good enough bad. Or at least, okay, the first, like, I don't know, third of it, before they get to Frogtown, it's miserable. I hated it. It's just awful and boring, and the writing is dull, and damn, is it misogynistic? Holy shit. Yeah, uh, but how did that change when they get to Frogtown? Oh, that didn't change, but at least there were frogs. <laughs> That's at least there were frogs. It made it easier with the It was frogs. all the worst yeah, parts, yeah. but no frogs. No frogs. <laughs> I can handy, handle any level of misogyny as long as there's frogs around. It's fine. I was that was it was bad in the way that like watching him speak, like I looked at his lips every time he said a word and I was like, I can't grasp what's coming out of this man's mouth. <laughs> it was like they put a nine year old into it's a bad. grown man's body. <laughs> Yeah, and, and I like, was like, oh my god. Well, I, I will I will <laughs> say that an acting coach was hired to help Rowdy Roddy Piper with his performance, <laughs> and it that. didn't take. I think we can <laughs> all, all agree that it didn't take. Yeah, and like I, I didn't actually know, to be honest with you, that this guy was like a wrestler. I had no really? idea who this was when I was watching. No clue. And uh, like, so I didn't understand. Like, I didn't understand. Like, why? Why this guy? Why this guy? Same. And, He's so bad. And I'm watching it. I'm like, this guy is a womanizer. That like people. <laughs> this is like people want to sleep with this guy. And like, that's what I wrote down. And, and literally, I wrote. Yeah, I wrote. Ew, this guy is a womanizer. And I was yeah. like, oh yeah. no, no. It's like his. And they did close-ups on his mouth. With it. It's oh just God, like, yes. Was, yeah. I'm just like, oh. It's yeah. kind of funny because I definitely remember like um, Roddy Piper. Like growing up, I watched a lot of like terrible '80s action films because my dad. So it's like I know his face and I couldn't <laughs> figure out what it was from until I was like, "Wait, he was in a movie called They Live." Oh yeah, and he's the exact same character. <laughs> like no, he doesn't. That's just change. him. That's just his person. Well, here's oh. the thing. Here's the thing. They live. So yeah, I figured this would get brought up. They live is a John Carpenter film, which is very good. And Roddy Roddy Piper is the lead in it. And he's basically this aimless drifter that gets wrapped up in this alien conspiracy. And yeah, he's not a good actor in that. I would say he's better in that than this because he's under a good director. But the tragic thing on they live is I read once that Carpenter had originally considered Kurt Russell for that movie because he had Kurt Russell in so many other movies, but he then realized like, oh, I keep using Kurt Russell. It's going to like typecast both of us. Oh, the Tim Burton so I, problem. Yeah. So he's like, I, I, sh I should cast somebody else. And so instead of casting Kurt Russell, he casts Rowdy Roddy Piper. This and guy. Like, and Kurt Russell would have been so much better in They Live. But I will say Rowdy Roddy Piper does work in They Live. But yeah, like if you've seen They Live and you know that like there's just sort of this you know, untrained actor quality to Rowdy Roddy Piper and this, <laughs> and this very, everything's heightened and cartoonish quality. All right. You have that, but you have it under a good director like John Carpenter, who's reining him in somewhat, who's pushing him in good directions. You do not have John Carpenter in this movie. He is not no, reining in anything. So Rowdy Roddy oh, Piper God. is unleashed yeah. in this film. <laughs> For our viewing pleasure. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh. Not the word I would use for him. 
uh. any capacity. He's got like no charm whatsoever, but he snarks like he's God's gift to women. And it's like every time he speaks, I just vomit a little bit. It's I don't so know. gross. That hair whip, though, every once in a while, <laughs> that wind would hit his hair. And I'm like, oh, OK, I see. <laughs> I feel like we need to like talk about the initial concept of the film a little bit, which is like Fair. the idea that like, well, there's a nuclear war or something like this, mm-hmm. and you know apparently there's not a lot of people, and so they're not having a lot of babies, and so yeah. Like, so what they they uh, I'll go back to you in a sec, Doug, but I do have some details on that. So they do give us an info dump early in the movie, and they say that the human race has been reduced by sixty eight percent. So basically, thirty two percent of the population, world population, is left. And that most males are sterile. So because it was nuclear bombs, right? Yes. Wasn't it nukes? Yeah. So uh, that's that's where we start from, and yeah, the population has been decimated in like a Handmaid's Tale kind of way. If like nobody can have babies, so that's that's an aspect. But yeah, if you got anything else, Doug, floor's yours. And so, like, now you have this guy who's being convinced or hired or forced or all the above by the government, the United States government, maybe? And he's going, and his mission is to... uh, You said he was like a poor man, Snake Plissken, and I feel the same. It's the same kind of thing where it's like, where they're, like, forcing him into this role uh, at the very beginning, so... Yep, it's the perfect thing. He's being forced into it, and then he's. But his mission is not to you know save the president's daughter. Uh, his mission is to go have sex with it's women, to bang the president's daughter. <laughs> That's right, among many other women. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and, God. and let's talk well. about that. He doesn't really get to. I mean, what he wants the whole film, like, like when Doug I wanted more. Like, well, so I'm watching at the beginning. I'm like, is this going to turn into a softcore porn with like frog people? Like, is it that... did almost. Yeah, that's where I wanted it to go. Like after starting it, I was like, I need to see some of this go down. Like, and I was a little upset that I didn't. He's fi- finally my dark wed dreams have come to life, and no, no, he was denied. The one time he almost. Uh, gets down with a frog woman. They're interrupted. I'm so sorry, no. Doug. And she was so DTF. Like, oh, she's good like, Lord. Wah, 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 wah. what was her line? Her line was, uh, "Promise me you won't be." Uh, shoot, I don't know. What's it? Pe- what's it? Normally, people say, "Promise me you'll gentle. be." Oh, just promise you won't be gentle. She said, and it was <laughs> the worst. <laughs> And then he pushes her, and she's like, whoa. And I was like, oh, right. Maybe this is not the right time, but at some point in this podcast, I'd like to get into, like, the anatomy and how, like, you know, things get together. I think think that's worth saving. I don't think we want to, like, that's, that's, yeah. Let's put it in our back pocket. You don't want to, you know, like, spoil these things too early. We won't overlook that. Yeah. So, yeah, for if if we want to give, I I think it's one of those movies where it's, you know, you just want to kind of address the central plot and then talk about the craziness therein. So, so as we've said, um, the population has been decimated. Males largely are sterile. They come across Sam Hell, who is kind of a drifter in the post-apocalyptic landscape. There's this wasteland. And the thing, I I saw this movie years ago, like 10, 15 years ago. I remember like next to nothing about it. I remember there were mutant frog people in it. I remember Rowdy Roddy Piper was in it and that it was like super bizarre. But I did not remember like the plot or anything that really happened in it. But I was a little struck by 
we have Roddy Roddy Piper is essentially our hero. Like he's he's doing our heroic beats in terms of defeating the bad guys and saving people, and he's like on a mission. So like they're setting him up essentially as a hero. And sure, there are plenty of movies out there that will like shade their heroes or push heroes in anti-hero territory. I don't think this movie gets I'm not gonna about to give it any kind of credit of like, well, they were really trying <laughs> something here, guys. Like, because what I'm about to say is he's introduced and we're told that he's he's committed sexual assault in the opening scene. We are told that yep. like by like because yeah. like essentially the government is run all by all women. It's like a matriarchal society, or, or at least that's all we see. So I, I don't know if like men play a role or not, but but ever, all we ever really see are like women in charge of the military, women in charge of like med tech, which is sort of this like medical technology branch of the government in charge of getting babies made. And so um but yeah so we're introduced with him and they talk about him impregnating women and that's why they're drawn to him because they need men you know for that that good good sperm for the future of humanity well they do say that he has like the best sperm count the highest sperm count they've ever tested they they said he left a trail of pregnancies over like an 80 mile yes something like and he gives a big old grin that rowdy rowdy piper big old charming grin but yeah so they they set it up like that and he is then tasked with going into Frogtown with like a team of women. It's basically like two because they didn't have a budget for an army like they really should have. But it's it's essentially like one mercenary lady and then kind of his keeper is going along. And they're supposed to go in with this. The plot is that he's supposed to go in there. It's all really ill-defined, but they're supposed to go in there and yes. rescue these women who got captured. Fertile women. Yes, fertile women who got captured and taken to Frogtown. And to and then he is meant to inseminate them and many others well into the future. And so, and so to uh, make him do this, he is fitted with basically a big metal diaper. It's a chastity belt. <laughs> it's a chastity belt, but <laughs> chastity it looks belt. more like a big metal diaper, oh, let's yeah. be honest. Oh, yeah. And it is set to explode if he gets too far away from his handler. And it also gives him, um, like, like if he's too far for too long or something, I think it'll explode. Or no, if he tries to take it off, it'll explode. Yeah. And if he's too far away from his handler, it gives him like electric shots, uh, shocks to his groin. And so we get to experience that several times throughout the film, including Roddy Roddy Piper's fantastic facial expressions during those moments. <laughs> but so that's kind of the crux of it. He's being forced into this much like Snake Plissken, but in a much worse way um, yeah. to then rescue these women from Frogtown and then help bring back the population of the earth. That's kind of what you Does need it... to know to get us rolling. That's 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 the plot, Jack. Doesn't doesn't the the diaper thing say like property of the government yeah, on it or something? Words on it, and yeah. it's like, can you imagine one of the genders controlling reproductive systems of the other gender? Can you just? What, that's yeah. so sci-fi. It's so crazy. <laughs> it would never happen. It's just such a violation. Politics. <laughs> oh god. Oh no. I just thought it was funny that I had to write down his penis is the government. Like in what world? <laughs> Would I ever write that down in a note? I, I wrote <laughs> except for this. <laughs> I wrote they literally have him by the dick. That's what I, <laughs> yeah. 
Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I think important to the plot that we didn't mention. Doug also wrote, I just want to know at one point, he sent me just a stream of like notes that he was taking as he was going, apparently. And one of them was, why are you making me watch these horrible films? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think something important to the plot that we kind of skipped was uh, in the beginning, very beginning, uh, Sam Hell is being interrogated because he has uh, sexually assaulted uh, this general's daughter, like some ah, yes, soldier yes. guy. Uh, and the soldier man is very angry about it. And he's like, basically like, you did this and I'm going to destroy you for doing this to my daughter. And then the um, women government come in and he makes it clear that he hates the fact that women are in charge. And that he's like, well, grumble, grumble. But it's that clear, like, oh, I'll get you back for this type of thing. Um, Subplot. Yeah, exactly. And he shows up a couple of times and it's like, oh, cool. That guy. Great. All right. So uh, where do we want to go with this? Uh, we have addressed that the movie contains frogs. It is called Frogtown. And they are mutant frog people it's never really clearly i never got the idea of like if they're people who have somehow morphed into big humanoid frogs or if it's right. like mm-hmm. a ninja turtle situation where they were originally frogs and then they got <laughs> mutagen on them and then they became like you know uh big humanoid frog people like the ninja turtles so that's kind of left hanging out there but my guess is they originally started as humans i think i disagree i think they were frogs and they were like affected by the the nuclear you know whatever fight 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 because they're not not willing to fight on behalf of this they they stand on two legs but they still have that like frog leap right as we can see um so i think they're just frogs i think they're big mutated Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like you said. That's kind of the impression that I got. I thought it was weird because it's like... <laughs> there's a part of me that wanted to dig so much deeper into this. Oh, I hope we and do. It bo- and it bothered me so much that it's like, okay, so we're in the future. This is happening. Like, women like are fertile but don't have like males to do stuff with. But it's like... Oh, and then we have frogs. It's like, how did we get here? How did, like, what happened? And it's like, it was weird because they were like, you're not allowed to have guns. And I was like, the frogs don't have rights. Like, in my head, I'm like, why don't they have rights? Like, <laughs> like it's like, these are questions that will not be answered. And we, we basically, but I we have see them. no, other than the med tech stuff, we don't really see much of human civilization. So, like, the frogs may well have a better civilization than the humans. Like, we, we at least get yeah. a, a view of it. So, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. When they get to Frogtown, it was like, oh, suddenly there's buildings. Suddenly there's, uh, like interesting colors and like they have uh electricity and lighting it's like uh ah frog town industry <laughs> come to frog town it's like why wouldn't you go to frog town for it's the great. men of tomorrow today <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was expecting something a little bit more like whimsical or like foresty because they're frogs <laughs> it's like nope here's some iron Here's this. It's like, okay, we're in a park where, I don't know, they do lumber at one point. I'm like, <laughs> is that wood? It's like, <laughs> I don't understand. It felt as almost they were like, this is abandoned. 
we're just going to film here. This is <laughs> That's just exactly where we're what be. it was like. Yes, an abandoned <laughs> factory of some kind. <laughs> I like this works. Um the, what is it called? MedTech? MedTech. That's tech, the name of yes. the mm-hmm. the government. So, they were so aggressively feminine. Uh like they have a uh what is it? Like a jeep uh that has a machine gun on top of it and it's like baby pink yeah. for some like reason the jeep not the machine gun the whole jeep is baby <laughs> right pink. right it was uh and they keep playing uh what the ants go marching down i don't know what the actual name of that song is uh the ants go marching down. like they keep doing that uh oh it's uh times. it's uh when johnny comes marching home because yep. it's public domain because it's from the exactly. civil war <laughs> yep so they keep doing that but it's always women humming it so it's like you always know ah the women they're around they're watching um <laughs> And I really want to get into, uh, before they get to Frogtown, you know, you really spend some time with these three characters. Uh, Sam Hell, uh, Dr. Spangle, is that her name? Spangle, yeah. I think. And, I assume uh, she's a doctor. My, I don't know what, what future yeah, medicine I think, is like. I'm pretty like, sure but... she is. Uh, and then my, my favorite up until a point, I really liked her and then I really didn't. Uh, her name is um, Sentin- Sentinella. Like... Just in case, like, she's the sentinel. Like, she's the one who does the guns, and she's the the bodyguard. She's intense, but, you know, she's a woman, so definitely let's make sure that her name has that in there. Uh, It's just so... And they're all, like, supermodel gorgeous. Like, extraordinarily tiny waists, huge knockers, some of which you get to see. And it's just so absurd that you hang out with them in the desert for like, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes. It feels like an hour. Cause it's so boring, <laughs> but they're all trying to like get up on him. Yes. And, and it, it's weird. And it's weird. Even it's weird before. I think Jack's crying. Right now. It's, it's they, very upsetting. Yeah. They bring him into the, to like, you know, tell him that this is his mission. And like, there's like sexy nurses walking around yes. and even these, the nurses are eyeing him and stuff like that. So like the writing says that this guy is supposed to be heartthrob beautiful, but uh, then they cast this guy. See, I, I don't, I don't know like, if I agree. Not that I think that this movie is good or is doing much of anything good, but I, I, I agree that it would work better if you had someone who had an ounce of charisma or charm or was even slightly handsome. An ounce would be but, fantastic. But, but I yes. disagree with the like the turning heads thing because within the world of this film, it's like most men are sterile and I think most of these women like aren't with anyone. It's not very well defined, but uh, so I, I think that's the idea of it's just, I don't know if anyone's ever read like Why the Last Man, um, but that's a comic where there's like literally like basically one guy or maybe just a handful of men, but there's one that they think is alive for a long time. And so basically like any woman he comes across, it becomes like this thing of like, well, wait, what's going on? Because he's like potentially, I mean, it's, it's an okay comic. I didn't love it, but, but it, it's just because he's like the only option. And I think that's kind of what they're playing with, with Rowdy Roddy Piper. I don't think we're supposed to think they all find him to be gorgeous, but that said, as an audience member, you're still going to have that thought of like, yeah, but it's Rowdy Roddy Piper. And he's like a total goober, too. Like, he's not he's not funny or anything. Uh, yeah. No. <laughs> so they all either they love him because he's very attractive, which he's not, or they love him because they all want to have his children, which yeah, is maybe it's worse. That. It's that. They want to have his children, and it's like every woman in this movie is like, I must have a baby, <laughs> yeah. and it's very weird. 
it's also weird that you everyone's like I've heard about you. Yes! And you're like, no one's heard about you, sir. <laughs> like, I don't know who you are, but everyone's You're heard that about sexual you. predator. I've heard about you. <laughs> that... But it's okay. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, and, okay, in the desert, uh, they chase after this, this woman who yes. got away. And this, this is very disturbing. Weird... Yes, how they know about her. But there's some woman just, like, wandering the desert. They chase her down in their car, capture her. She mm-hmm. won't even, like, talk to them. And she's, like, wild. But they're like, all right, you got to impregnate her. It's time. Let's go. Yeah. And he's like, I don't know her. I kind of want to get to know her. And they're like, too bad. Do it anyway. And then he kind of tries. And she's like, that ha-, like she's just too wild. So they drug her. Yep. So oh now God. it's fine. It was very upsetting. That, that that part is like the part where I feel like, oh, uh, because like at least with the two what, Spangle and um, Sentinella, yeah. they're like they want to, but this is the yeah. woman that they find in the desert who's like starving and injured, and then they give her. It's not just a drug; like it's like a uh, like an aphrodisiac type yes. thing. To, and she's so like, weird. she's like, Ugh. then she's into it, but it's like that's because you drugged her, you right. monsters. Yeah, it's it's bad. And that's, that's my least yeah. favorite part. They tiptoed a lot on like pushing the boundaries of like, wait a second, this isn't right. Like you were talking about the frog lady, and I keep forgetting her name. Her name, but, I have like, written Arabella? down Arabella, yes. Arabella, like when she was going after um, Sam Hell. And he's like, wait, wait, I'm not into this. And she's like, yeah. come on. And I'm like, wow, they are just like, it doesn't matter if you're a frog or if you're a human. <laughs> They're just pushing that boundary. And it's like, that's just stepping over just a little just too off. much for me. Ugh, yeah, it's very uncomfortable. Very. Ugh. But then, oh, yeah, and then in the morning, uh, this woman is back to normal. And she's like, thanks for banging me. Bye, and then like leaves, and it's so weird. Thanks for making me pregnant. Yeah, I'd never forget you. I feel like they oh, also in, they injected him to be the sensitive type in that scene. I feel like because yeah. it's like, who cleaned her up? Who brushed her hair? Who made her these clothes? And it's like Sam Hell did. It's like, all right, what's he doing? Like everyone's asleep. And he's like, okay, we're gonna learn about hygiene now. <laughs> and he's knitting. He's knitting. <laughs> He has layers to him. Sam yeah, Howell definitely. has depth. Mm-hmm. He's yep. super, super Somewhere deep. Somewhere <laughs> inside of that sexual maniac. <laughs> There's like that, and then he's like, hey, you know what would make you look prettier? No glasses. <laughs> oh my god, that's right! I also wonder, because it was like, basically it was the, the doctor, Spangle, says to Sentinella, like, did you clean her up? It's like the next morning, did you clean her up? And Sentinella says... I didn't, and gives this look. And then, so the implication is that Sam Hell does that. And the question that I had was like, how? What did he uh, do? Did he did too. he like find a babbling brook somewhere and just like wash <laughs> her down? Like, I didn't really understand what the, because like he can't go very far with this, you know, sex diaper he's wearing. He can't go anywhere. <laughs> he has nothing. Like he's just wearing clothes. He, they didn't, he doesn't have like a go bag with him or anything. So like, I don't know. <laughs> what he was able to do to help the girl during the night. Uh, it was just left as this big question for me. He's like, I got my tie to go pen right here. Let's do this. Morning after bag. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Exactly. Oh, uh, 
Yeah. All right, let's go to Frog Town. Please, I feel like uh, please let's. let's. Yeah. The desert is awful. <laughs> so they get to Frog Town or Frogton, uh, as it's uh, also known. And uh, yeah, so they're there, and we learn a little bit about the Frog Town culture. And basically, there is a kind of a second in command guy called Bull, who is a frog man with an eye patch, because it's that kind of movie. Mm-hmm. And they're all dressed in, like, a lot of this movie has, like, a Mad Maxi vibe, which we'll talk about later. It is certainly an inspiration. It's, yeah. it's like the inverse of it. Uh, how so? Uh, in quality. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I just meant the, like, look and stuff they're going for. Oh, yeah, for, for sure. But, uh, but yeah, so some of the costuming looks like that. Also, if you've ever seen Waterworld, some of it seemed oh. kind of similar. Yes. Like, the way, the way that yes. uh, Bull was dressed, the frog with the eye patch. When he came on, I was like, that looks a lot like Dennis Hopper in Waterworld. Like, that's Hopper. what, exactly right? what I thought. Right? I was like, is that Dennis Hopper? <laughs> oh, no. it's, it's I, I wish it had been Dennis <laughs> Hopper underneath that frog and eye patch. And doesn't he have an eye patch? Skis. Does he have an eye patch yeah, in that? He has an eye patch because okay. he shows it off in the movie right. like Waterworld. Yeah, so may, maybe, maybe Waterworld <laughs> took a lot of ideas from Hell Comes to Frogtown. You heard it oh, here first. Um <laughs> But anyway, so yeah, you have that villain, and then you have another villain who is the leader, Commander Toady, and he's the big bad. Uh, so, but both of those are like uh, you know major villains of the piece. We have Arabella, who is this sexy frog lady. I don't know. Does she have a job that's defined? Is she a madam of Dancer? the frog house? I don't know. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, yeah, a madam. So it's like coyote ugly meets <laughs> frog town, kind of. But she's basically like she's frog she's ugly. actually a spy for medtech, but it's never really explained why she would be, how that benefits her. But we find out that she is. And then the only other major frog person we there's other ones that pop up, but like the first one we see, I actually didn't catch his name. Maybe somebody did, but there is a frog in a dapper white suit. And a red fez, and he's, fa- Leroy. he's fantastic. He's I love amazing. Leroy. And he shows up, and they get to Frogtown. It's one of the first things that happens. They get to there, and it's a bar, and it's like, it's like a Star Wars kind of vibe. I mean, much worse, of course, but uh, you know, and like all of a sudden you're in Frogtown, and you have this ridiculous guy in a frog costume with a little suit and a fez, and it's like, okay, it's this kind of movie. All right, right okay, yeah. yes, exactly. Um, and so, and they, they, all the frogs speak English and they all act humanoid and the frog society. I mean, you have the two villains, but Leroy kind of like runs this bar and dance establishment. There's some kind of like brothel, I feel. And then there's like frog workers. So like, they're like a post-industrial frog society. They've got some oh, stuff. There's some mining. There's some stuff going on. There's some culture some happening here stuff. in Frogtown. Yeah. <laughs> So there's some background for Frogtown, so we can go from there wherever you want. I was so surprised because I didn't look at anything for this film. Like when we find out that they're actual full-on real frog people. Like the first time I saw one, I was like, oh, well, here we are. That's, there they are. <laughs> it's, oh, we're doing actual frog people. All right, yep. I guess. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and like the costuming was actually kind of good. That was something I noticed throughout the whole movie is that – all right, the costumes are not bad. Yeah. Um, they're maybe not anything to super write home about, but it's not like, oh, this is such awful costuming. And then you get to Frogtown, and it was like, these, these like, animatronic masks, maybe? 
are actually yeah. kind of good. The, the frog, the, like, the costumes in general, like particularly the, like the costumes the frog people wear, just like their actual clothes, as Jack is saying, are pretty is pretty good. And then yeah, like the animatronic, like or whatever they're doing with the frog faces, and then like the frog hands and stuff, like it doesn't deserve to be in this movie. It's much better than this movie. Yeah. I agree. Completely. They're like, when they're speaking, there's their like nostrils are flaring like a frog's would when it's croaking and they're all moist. It's all, they're always wet, (laughs) like in in an uncomfortable way, but that's it. They're they're frogs. They're always wet, I guess. So, but yeah, I also, I, I totally agree. The frog face mask, helmet, animatronic, whatever. It was like one of the best parts of the film. Yeah. And except for the Arabella's face, not good. They were trying to, I think, go for sexy frog. She came off more female gremlin to me. Ugh, yes. That's the only thing. Like, the costumes, I agree with, yes, are really good. And I really liked, I I don't know what the throat does. Oh, yeah. That was really cool to, like, have the frog costume talking, but then the throat is also throbbing like a frog. Yeah. But it's like the inconsistency of like, okay, so the frog guys look like this, the frog woman, because I feel like there was only one of them. I so, think so. Yeah. Looked like that. And then the guard. It's like a Smurfette kind of situation. Yeah. 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 So it's like each, like each frog had its own, like, I guess, personality and costume. But I'm like, is that a frog? Is that like a human mutant? Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. Cause she like... doesn't have like all the rest look kind of like Kermit esque, you know, they, yeah. they've got like an open mouth thing, you know, open closed mouth type thing with a line um, and have a frog like appearance. But yeah, she, her mouth is more like stunted and pulled in. So it's Ladder. some, it's somewhere between a human and a frog. So yeah, that kind of goes back to my, like, are they mutated people? But mm-hmm. I, I think another explanation is kind of what you're saying, Isabella, that it's uh, she, they're just trying to go for a different look or they're trying to create this male female. Cause like that does exist in species of mm-hmm. like, there are differences, but regardless, she doesn't look good and she doesn't look sexy, <laughs> no. even for a frog lady. <laughs> they're starting on her. They start at her feet. She's literally dancing on the bar and they start at her feet and she's got these heels on and she's got like they're panning upward. You see like her um not leggings, the other things, stockings, like they're going up and she's got this skimpy clothes on and then they get to her face and it's like ah <laughs> I was not prepared. <laughs> Puts the bag over her head. That's so rude. It was oh, yeah. so rude. <laughs> and then he wasn't even gonna do anything. He's like I'm backing away slowly away from her. And I was like, oh, yeah, when she Sam, tried. Yeah, when Sam and she her tried. were going to do it, because she's like, that's how you can repay me is by banging me, which doesn't oh, make any can sense. Can they have children together? I was like, wondering. cross speed? Like, what would happen? Like, is that part of it? They're going to come out like that frog from The Simpsons. <laughs> Kill me. <laughs> I'm so glad someone knew what that was. Yeah. Oh, I'm right there with you. Awesome. While we're before we go too far away from costumes, so what what was with the like? Because it wasn't just the one dude with the fez. There was a whole like Casablanca, Morocco, Ottoman feel to all What's of their costumes. That? Yeah, like the guards are wearing turbans and have curved swords oh. and that sort of stuff. Like the, they were going for something there. Was this wasn't thinly sure veiled exactly. racism? And I just yeah, didn't notice. Kind of. I was like, wait a second. Oh, are no. they? Are the Frogtown, frogs? Why? Um, 
are the frogs the Muslims? Are they the Moroccan? I, What's, uh... I mean, it was it, this was this came out in '88, so it would have been written in probably the mid eight. Well, it probably was written in like a weekend, to be honest. But so it was probably <laughs> it's probably written in like '87 or like you know three weeks before they filmed in '88 or something. But you know, and you did have issues in the Middle East and uncertainty in the Middle East. Not that that stopped, but you did have it then. And so I could possibly see, yeah, that 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 they could have been funneling some of that into this. But I guess the Fez thing to me was just to make him seem like a kind of zany proprietor kind of thing. Because I didn't get it from the other frogmen, but you're saying like with the swords and stuff? The the guards are clearly wearing turbans. I didn't notice like the turbans. They, I noticed the swords. They have, they, they, have a, they have a curved sword. They have almost like an Ottoman-style umbrella. Like Ottomans, we're thinking like Barbary states, like slavery and that sort of thing. Like so, And, and the frog people have some of that too hmm. going on. Like they're taking captive human slaves and that's what the Ottomans did from, like, the France and, and Great Britain. They were capturing sailors and bringing them into, like, the Ottoman Empire. And Doug's so, like, a history something... teacher, by the way. Okay, something... I was like, how do you know this? Something's like, happening here. And it was so weird because I literally taught, like, uh, Barbary Wars, like, in the same the same day that I watched the film. It was, oh. it was fresh. Well, I was like, they... am I just imprinting this Do they ever this, state or... if the place they're in is, like, an oil refinery refinery or anything because that could like tie in with middle east oil if 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 the director or writer what is it that looney tunes found i don't remember i i'm just thinking like if the director oh. or writer had like an axe to grind or they had some weird mm-hmm. political position i could see them putting that in because we do know that they're at some kind of facility or, or it's a big complex Somebody thought it might be mining. I'm not sure if it said, or I just may have missed it in all yeah, the he, other he stuff. He was saying, Sam Hell was like skeptical that whatever, um, what was the guy's name, the old guy? Looney Tunes. Looney Tunes. Looney Tunes was like talking about, hey, we have the, this thing here and we're mining it. And yeah. Sam's like, no way, no way. And but I mean, so even I even with mining, with... you could just still connect that to like oil uh, issues, so... I don't know. It's it's possible. Yeah, I, I definitely think definitely they were going for the um... oh lost the name of the movie Casablanca. I definitely think they were going for a Casablanca thing. Uh, that's that I feel. I think maybe all the other stuff is giving this movie a lot of credit. Maybe that it mm-hmm. probably does not deserve. They're probably just like, oh, fezes are cool. Let's put a giant fez on our dumb old frog. I'm sorry, Leroy. I should not have called you that. Leroy was the best. He's the best part of this movie. I loved it. I was a big fan of Toadie. I'm a, I'm a big fan. Commander Toadie? Oh, yeah. Ugh. You're into that, huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what it's Doug's like, here for. Okay. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> like, because obviously Toadie had... Uh, He's been he's been capturing or bought, purchasing uh, humans as uh, sexual slaves, and not only that, they have to do a weird dance uh, and be trained in such mm-hmm. a dance. Um, because I didn't know what that was about or what was happening. Like I'm like, wait, what's <laughs> no the dance did. for? What's the what's dance the name for? of it, Doug? Oh, uh, what is it? The dance of the three snakes? Is that, that, that that's is, correct, that is, Doug? That is the dance. Uh, that's what it's called. And so they, uh, and I'm like, what are the three snakes? What's going on here? And then she does the dance. Uh, this is does this is Spangle. She's been, oh, yeah. As part of the plot, she has been brought in the the uh, 
deceit is that she is actually Roddy Roddy Piper, Sam Hell's captive, and he is bringing her to trade, barter, sell in Frogtown or something, and she ends up being taken by Bull for... Um, <laughs> For, is that the eye patch guy? Yeah, Bull is the eye. Yeah. So the second in command ends up taking her for Commander Toady, and then she's being like trained and or sexually aroused by other women with like there's like sheet there's like scarves, and she yeah. seems to be like getting off on it. And she's I'm like, I don't think it. I don't think much is happening here, lady. They're but. just wiggling the the uh, scarves at her, like not even yeah. really touching her with them. She's just laying on a slab, and they're like, here's some scarves in your general direction. She's like, yeah, I like this. But they, oh, they, that's had, established, that's they had established earlier that she could. She was trained in seduction techniques yep. because, oh, because she was trying to turn on Sam Hell to get him going for the, the, the dirt ball girl they found in the wilderness. And she so she, like, does some kind of, like, sexy dance moves in her bra and panties earlier then later he mentions to leroy that she's oh she's trained in erotic dancing as like a callback (laughs) because he's like you know loving the fact that he has like some power over at the moment anyway so then so as soon as he gets like they they put a a chain necklace on her and he's got her on a leash and as soon as that switch happens in the desert, they're like, okay, here's our plan. Here's my slave Leia outfit, and here's my leash. As soon as he's got that leash, he is tripping on power. He's, like, tugging her along, and he's like, ah, how do you like this? And yeah. It's like, oh, he's my God, that. calm down, you nasty freak. I mean, she literally could just, like, unsnap it in yeah, the back know, and run right? away. So she must have been like, she could kind leave. of into it, too. Uh, oh, oh, is that because of how she was dressed, Doug? <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, Spangles into wow. Sam Hell. I would that's say they had clear. been doing that to him for the last 20 minutes, though. That's true. So that's why he does it. But yeah, he's not a good guy. No. Um, we know this. But yeah, so eventually she gets like taken away and she's going, she gets goes to Commander Toady and he demands the Dance of Three Snakes, which the other nymphettes did not instruct her in what this was or no. what that meant. They no. just did all their scarfing and she has no idea <laughs> what, uh, what the dance of three snakes is. So she just starts freestyling. She just starts move, doing some dances and she's got like a little nighty on and he's watching. And would someone else like to pick up from there for the dance of the three snakes? I would not. Not me. Not me. No! Doug, Doug, I think you, you're Izzy. the one that, uh, that well, enjoyed be, it the most. Well, to be honest with you guys, like I'm watching the film and I must have zoned out for like five minutes because like <laughs> they're in the bar and they're they're talking to frogs and I'm like, okay, cool. And we're meeting Looney Tune, we're meeting some of these frog characters, and then like I don't know what's happening. Five minutes later, I'm looking and the, the Spangle is like being seduced by all of these women who are like learning to dance, and I'm like, wait. And so I saw, you know, the 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 training session on the bed or whatever that was, and I'm like, all right, hold on, let's let's pay attention to see what's going on here. <laughs> so, oh so, my god! And then uh, like, well, she goes in to to Toadie. Well, I I actually had to rewind to see like, are they actually having sex with her? And I like went because I thought, did I miss something? Oh yeah, you had and to rewind like, to really double check and, that. I mean, sure, whatever. I mean, I actually don't. <laughs> I don't really care much about Spangle, to be honest, but like, I was just curious of like, are they doing that in this movie? And then just like, oh no, it's just super ill-defined. Yep. She goes into Toadie, who's just this very large, 
uh, Commander Toad. He's got a, you know this deep voice. He's unsettling. He's sitting alone. Was it, was it, does he have a throne or some sort of chair? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think he has a throne, yeah. yeah. And she does the dance, and at first he, he's you know not all about it, but as she continues, he's kind of like, okay... <laughs> I see what's going on here. I forgot about the weird, like, moaning he did. He's like, ah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I wrote down, okay, cool, we have to watch a frog get turned on. It's like, great. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And uh, I think I wrote at this point, yeah, fuck that frog. And and so (laughs) so Toady is getting super excited. And uh, you can tell he's getting excited because they – show uh well his pants uh, that he's wearing and you can see as as uh as he's getting excited multiple moving Ooh. objects through Ooh. his pants I and so it's it. uh, implied that then the dance of the three snakes is his three penises that he has and she has aroused all three of them he tells her that move around yep. yes um, and so he's yeah, like, you yeah. know, like a like a normal penis does. It dances around yeah, and moves it of its own free will. Yeah. Hey, this around. is a this is a mutant frog man we're talking about. We don't know how it all works down there. And <laughs> so, true. and then they he, didn't show the dicks. So. Yeah, that's that's the thing. What? Come so on, he, darn. He, Let he me remo- see him. <laughs> he he removes his tunic, <laughs> and she she witnesses, and we're just locked on her face. But yeah, I mean, to Doug's point, though, they don't show it. And like many bad movies would, they would just go all in. And I'm yeah. I'm genuinely surprised that they didn't even for like a second or two that you don't see something. They don't. And so I don't know what held them back because it certainly wasn't good taste based on the rest <laughs> Maybe of it. Was their I think it was their budget. They're like, we can't do this. We can't, we can't do, do just three snakes. We can't do one snake. You know they designed them and they filmed it and then they had Dang. to they like then someone along the production team was like, No guys, we can't do this. Yeah. Uh, long story short, she does not have sex with Toadie. Somebody bursts in or something, and then Toadie jumps twenty feet onto like a what, some, oh, into, wait, into the no, rafters. She kicks him, doesn't she? Yeah, kicks she, him. she kicks him three times. Once, three times. once for each snake. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh well. Oh, that was a thing. That's that was the closest thing. Like, we got. I, <laughs> it's like I know I didn't want to see it, but there's like a part of me like. When you like hide behind your hand and like peek, like oh, I saw it for a second. Okay, <laughs> it's like I don't need to see anymore. <laughs> I, I was less inhibited. I was like, okay, I'm leaning forward. I'm at the edge of my seat, right ready there. for these snakes. Listen, I this, this movie, movie wants me to be excited about this. I'm gonna be excited. Like, oh, let's do it. Oh, it's so bad. It's so bad. But then there's a, and the, it just didn't make sense. And I really thought the whole film was going to take place at Frogtown, but that's just like the act two. There's a whole act three post Frogtown. Yeah. Oh, right. right. Yeah. It's like Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. They go beyond Thunderdome. They're beyond Frogtown at a certain point here. Which, that is one thing we haven't talked about. Like, there are some definite Mad Max vibes in this. And if you're a Mad Max fan and if you've watched a lot of like eight or even just like remember going to a video store in the 80s or 90s you would see that there were tons of movies that were clearly trying to ape the mad max style in the 80s and into the early 90s like that because they were made for the first one was made for like nothing and road warrior was made for like a fairly small budget and then like uh beyond thunderdome like had a decent budget 
But still, you could basically put some guys in some crazy costumes and with some spiky gloves and shit and throw them out in the desert. And it's like, ah, oh, it's post-apocalyptic. And so there were tons, <laughs> and none of them are good. I've never seen one. I've never heard of anyone say, oh, watch this other thing that's like Mad Max that's actually good. But I, I feel that this is part of that wave because yeah. you have so much set in the desert for this. You have them going to this you know, little makeshift town in the middle of nowhere, which is very much like Thunderdome. And a comment I wrote to myself was that um, it was, I don't know. I can't find it, but basically just like that. It's a, just a terrible version of, of Mad Max and or particularly Mad Max Fury road. Because if you think about some of the plot in Mad Max Fury road, Mad Max and Furiosa are going in to rescue these sex slaves from um, a Morton Joe, who is this big, gross, evil, mutated dude, and they have to get him out, and then there's uh, get the women out, and then there's this like chase through chase the scene. wasteland yeah. mm-hmm. that happens in this movie, and I completely forgot they get the women out, and there's a very slow, high speed chase. It's a very, <laughs> like, it's a very three vehicles. yeah, it's a very shitty chase. It's nowhere near the amazing orchestral thing that George Miller was doing, but yeah, there's this like shitty chase in the desert. And yeah, I just realized that they were like, I mean, obviously they were pulling from the Mad Max movies that had existed because the third one came out in 85. So all the originals had come out before this movie. But yeah, even Fury Road, you can, I, I don't think George Miller was inspired by Hell Comes oh, to Frogtown. Oh, I'm sure. But <laughs> it is odd to see that connection that there are some weird similarities. Um so yeah, if you're a fan of Fury Road or the Mad Max series, it's it's interesting just for that element alone. But it's only like five minutes of that. Like not even, yeah. there's like a three minute <laughs> chase scene and then it's over. And it's like, oh, it's just like, they're going to do like a Mad Max thing. And they like shot one bomb and they dodged it. And that <laughs> oh, was about no. it. <laughs> and this is all with like a pink PT Cruiser that they're driving around yeah. in. Oh, that's right. I it thought it was like a PT, PT Cruiser. cruiser too. Yeah. Uh, my favorite part of the chase is when um, the uh, pink PT Cruiser like went around a turn on the one single road in the desert, and they went behind like uh, some rocks. And Commander Toadie's like, "Where'd they go? Find them!" I'm like, "Literally, follow the road. Just keep going. That's it. That's all you have to do." You can see for twenty miles. Yes. <laughs> There's no dust. <laughs> The uh, chase scene leads to um, eventually one of my favorite moments in the entire film. <laughs> um, so the the guy from the beginning suddenly comes back. The guy who apparently Sam Hell, I don't know, abused his daughter or something, and oh. he's got a vendetta. Allegedly, right? <laughs> oh, Allegedly, he, Sam Hell some, said something along the lines of, "Well, you know, she was she was into it." You know. Well, the thing is, I'm not agreeing with sam but he like the daughter turned like they were gonna push press charges against him and then the daughter's like wait i'm pregnant no more charges so sam hell's like i'm fine she was fine with it because i got her pregnant it's all good i know it's so gross and he's this guy's back and at that moment i was like no one cares about you is what i <laughs> no thought like we had toady like we had all these cool frog villains right he had completely dropped out of the yeah. plot and, and was so inconsequential in the beginning it. it's like it's 
like, oh. Yeah. Well, like, it was supposed to be a big reveal. He takes off a mask, and it's like, oh, it's that guy. And I was like, who? And, and, and speaking of and speaking of weird connections and stuff, and this is one, I don't even know if they were trying to make this, if they were trying to rip it off, but the fact that they're in the desert, and then this guy shows up, and he's got this mask on that's almost sort of like what Princess Leia wears oh when she's God, rescuing yes. Han Solo, exactly. but when she's right. a fake bounty hunter. But but it, so it's, that's not the thing I'm thinking of. But like it's kind of similar to that. But he's got he shows up and he's on these boulders and he has this big like a launcher, rocket some launcher. kind of rocket yeah. launcher thing. And it's I don't know if this was intentional, but felt very similar and was shot very similar to the scene in Raiders of the Lost Ark when yeah. Indiana Jones is like has a big rocket launcher on the caravan of like Belloc and them. Oh, cool. It's like. This is all. It's all, I, all I want is the girl, Belloc, and all that stuff. So I don't know if they were ripping off Indiana Jones in this moment too, and just pulling from anything successful. Certainly possible. It like really didn't add anything because it's like okay, he's being like he's being like chased um, by the toad, but then you're like, yeah, it's this guy from the beginning. But then he's like also in the film, like when he comes to Frogtown, he's like supplying them with weapons. So there's like a whole nother like story that they just like never like did they didn't do it like very got well. into yeah. it's just like when he's in the mask and we don't yeah, know who he yeah. is it's like oh yeah. it's just a guy who supplies his guns it's I like actually, there's like a whole nother like thing you can get into <laughs> I guessed Izzy can confirm this I guessed it was that guy from the beginning when he's in there oh giving God. them uh, the guns which remember they're not supposed to have because they do this shot of him and he clearly has this big old pot belly. And I was like, Oh my God, just like the guy from the beginning has a big pot belly. I'll bet it's that guy. I'll bet he's going to come back. That's just like, I know you, bellies. You can we'll cover your face, <laughs> but you can't cover your pot belly. Well, when he comes back, his whole point is really to be the like, um, also, just just real quick, I love that you gamed that out, not based on like plot points nope. or like figuring it out like the way you or any of us normally would of nope. like, oh, okay, this would make sense for where the story's headed. It's like, nope, it's the gut. It's that's the gut. that's how I it's, know. It's prominent. Okay, it's really <laughs> it's very obvious. I just yeah, when I saw that, I didn't say anything, and you made a big deal. It's like, hey, what about his figure? It's like, don't make fun of his figure. <laughs> He could have been tried at that time. <laughs> you don't know. You don't know his story. Uh... Look, he's been going through a lot. His daughter's suddenly pregnant. He's probably he's living through the wasteland. <laughs> he's got mutant frog people in his backyard. Yeah. So his whole deal, he's there to to remind us that you know women shouldn't be in charge. Like that's yeah. his whole thing in the beginning. He's uh, keeps making mention about how it sucks that women are you know ruling him now and he actually does a whole like monologue you catch him yeah. monologuing and one of his lines there is um see this used to be a man's world sam and he goes off on this whole rant about it and it's like all right okay yeah that's fine yeah. i don't know it's all pretty dumb until the <laughs> sam throws a sword and oh it my goes God. Straight... Where did that sword even come from? He yeah, just has it back. all of a sudden. Where did, yeah, was but... he using it before? If he's yeah, it's back the whole he time. Have it, the whole he movie. takes it and he does it. His hand is right here and he yes. needs the girl behind him 
to pull it two inches and put it into his head. He's like, give me the sword. <laughs> and he throws and he flings, it. flings the samurai yeah. sword straight through the guy's yep. chest. And I like to imagine he was on set and saw it like on a table. He's like, I'm going to take this. Gotta do this, you guys. He convinced that... the director. It's my yes. sword now. And it was yes. so funny because he was like eight feet away. He wasn't even that far. And he throws the sword like this. And instead of the sword, like he throws it like a, like a tomahawk uh, throw. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. instead of instead of going end over end, the sword somehow flies straight, like a straight laser <laughs> shot, and goes directly sever. Like it goes straight into the guy. He throws it with such force that it goes like fully two feet out of the back, straight through him. And I laughed so hard at that. I don't know. Like, I don't really know why i thought that was so funny but i was laughing for that one for a while but I... uh commander sexism lives and uh, uh, uh right, he, he, he kind of like falls off a little mini cliff or crawls away or something and sam hell has to go after him he goes over to the body the body's laying there you can see like blood on it and he's laying face down and sam hell does this like kind of all right I guess he's dead in like almost like a horror movie. Like we got him. It's okay. And he turns around and starts walking away. And it's like, no, just like a horror movie. You just like bash his skull in. So, you know, he's dead. But yeah, so the guy like turns around is going to kill him. And then his foot slips and oh, that gives Sam hell just enough time to spin around and uh, shoot him straight in the face. I just like that he didn't even walk. He just slipped like yes. on a rock. Yes. And someone's like, oh my God. <laughs> I heard you. And like, oh the my God, dude has a sword through center mass. And like, somehow, after he falls off a cliff with a sword through his body, he pulls it out and scrambles more than yes. 40 feet away in like yes. five seconds. He's just gone. <laughs> It just hit his gut. It's you got fine. A, that gut protected him. That was what it <laughs> you leave the sword in. If you take it out, you go bleed everywhere. You got adjusted for if you guys ever get hit with a sword. Leave it in. Don't pull yeah. it out. Yep. Everyone knows that. Yeah, he Everybody needs to get to the Frogtown Hospital stat. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I think after that, what? We, oh, yeah, we've got so, Commander Toadie in yeah. the big fight scene. Oh, my gosh. It's so bad. It it's wasn't so as even, impressive. Like I don't as the, remember it. Yeah, yeah. Like they, they go to shoot him with their rocket launcher, and it doesn't work. And then he shoots him with a gun, and that works twice, but then stops. Firing. No, 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 no. Okay, it's even better than that. It's better than that. So, uh, Sam Hell ha- gets the rocket launcher that uh, Commander Sexism had dropped, and it doesn't work. It, it it never worked, or he doesn't know how to use it because he's totally inept as a hero. Whatever, choose, choose your own adventure on this one. But it doesn't work. And the the command well the commander's like begging for his life he's like crying like oh you know I'm you know like he doesn't want to get shot and then he's laughing because ah ha ha it didn't work but Sam Hell has a gun and he pulls out the gun <laughs> and he starts firing and it has like three shots left I guess and he's like twenty feet away and now I'm no marksman but I'm I figure I could hit a pretty big frogman with like three shots. <laughs> And, then, and Sam Hell is a guy who's like been wandering the wasteland, is like rough and tumble in the apocalypse. I would assume he knows how to handle a gun. He fires it three times. It hits like the front of the car, doesn't hit the frogman at all. And I just immediately flash to that moment in Dumb and Dumber of Harry, you're alive. 
and you're a horrible shot. <laughs> like, <laughs> like he just was so bad. And then it ends up becoming uh, a battle, like, uh, you know, fighting with the fists between uh, Sam Hell and uh, Commander Toadie. Which I guess makes sense when you have a wrestler like Roddy Roddy Piper. Like, you want it to be a physical fight at the end. But still. So they kind of wrestle around. They're on, like, top of a a cliff somehow. That happens. Um, But my favorite moment, and if anyone has anything else to throw in here on this fight, but my favorite moment is Roddy Roddy Piper character sam hell genuinely three stooges are villain's eyes he does the thing with the two (laughs) fingers he does the two fingers and pokes him in the eyes and gets the upper hand on him at one point during the fight and i rewound for that moment because uh i I had some fun with that oh my gosh i think they do that in wrestling don't they do that is that a thing that they like poke each other's eyes Uh, wwf or something uh i don't know i don't think they ever did the three stooges thing i think they did something where they would like hit them at the top of the head or something the forehead but i don't know isabel what'd you have oh no so just going back to the death of um commander toady (laughs) commander sex oh the first guy um when he, oh, there was a part where he was talking and he was monologuing mm-hmm. and everything. And then he he stabs him with the sword and he's like, long-winded son of a bitch. Yes. It was like the best lines. Because <laughs> it's like, even I, through that monologue, was like, I'm so tired. I'm so sleepy. <laughs> and I didn't hear what he was saying. And then he's like, long-winded son of a bitch. And I was like, yes! <laughs> exactly. That's how I <laughs> I was like, that's the best line in the entire movie for yes. me because it made it made the most sense. Yes, <laughs> uh, I in, I feel like this is a good segue. Yeah, a good. I feel like this is a good segue to uh, talking about the dialogue, the good, the yeah. bad, and the ugly of the dialogue. <laughs> I di- I didn't jot a whole lot down, so if you guys have some, that would be excellent. The only two that I jotted down that I thought stood out as being pretty funny were um, at one point, it's like a different lower level frogman is trying to take off hell's sex diaper and he's trying to like chainsaw it off. And at one point, then they're like going back and forth where hell is trying to get him to not take it off and then take it off because it's shocking him. It's, it's a bad scene. But at one point the guy says, I got to tell you, you are one weird dude. So that was a very like (laughs) bad movie dialogue. (laughs) And then there's another moment early on that's like not so much like a bad line as it's just like the delivery was so perplexing because you had uh, the bull who's the second in command. We meet him first, but he comes into the Casablanca Star Wars bar and he finds Sam Hell and, you know, his captive woman. And then he ends up taking her away and everything. But we find out then that trading private trading is not supposed to happen in Frogtown. it's all supposed to be like mm-hmm. under the eye of commander toady basically so that like nothing gets by him and he gets his cut and all that kind of thing and so leroy was trying to sidestep all that and so bull exerts his authority ends up taking her ends up telling them off and somebody i don't know if it's leroy or somebody else tries to speak up and he's already Bull has already spoken a little bit and he has this kind of like gruff villain voice. And then 
just on a dime, he turns from the gruff villain voice to saying, shut your hole, and just delivers this insane <laughs> bit of dialogue where it's like, why is that your acting choice? Why is that happening right now? So those are the only ones that uh, popped to me. I just thought it was bad dialogue. I mean, yeah, it was like shockingly awful good. in some places. One of the ones that stuck out for me is, okay, so the dance of the three snakes is in the, like, just about to be completed and, uh, or the girl's trying to get away. She can't, she's surrounded. And then Sam Hell breaks in. Uh, he's got two guns. You know, it's that big hero moment. He bursts through the door. He's got his two guns and his great line that he delivers is eat lead froggies. That's it. That's what <laughs> he's got. That oh. that That's good. what he's got. It's so disappointing. <laughs> And there's so no, it's many perfect. of those moments. It's, that's the way it's supposed to be, right? Like, <laughs> so I mean, stupid. the movie's stupid. It's got stupid film. It's got stupid lines. This plot's dumb. And the acting's <laughs> terrible. Like, everything is perfectly in cohesion in yeah. that way. Perfectly balanced, as all things must be. That's perfect. That's right. <laughs> oh. And also, the dialogue kind of took you out of, like, where you were. Yes. Like, after that scene where he comes through the door, he starts talking about his dead wife. Oh, my God. That you have yeah, where'd that come from? No dead wife and dead of. child ends up being talked about yes. later. They're giving him some depth yeah. now. And he get, doesn't yeah. he get, he has his dead child, his dead daughter's, like, necklace. Necklace. And then he yes, just ran. Necklace. It's his daughter's? It, he says it's his daughter's because somebody thinks it's his wife's. And he says, oh, it's my daughter's. It's the only thing I could find. Um, but then he ends up giving that necklace for no reason whatsoever that I could see to Sentinella, who like has been along for the ride, but she was not involved. At, she like she's there at the beginning, she's yes. there at the end. She's not in anything with Frogtown. She just completely no. drops out of the plot. And then yeah. so like the person who would make sense is he would give it to Spangle. I mean, you'd have to come up with some mm -hmm. kind of bullshit reason for why. But she at least has been with him the whole time. But he yes. just randomly gives it to Sentinel. It's like, I don't know. Here you go. You take this. This is my daughter. She's dead or something. I don't know. <laughs> he just shuffles. <laughs> so stupid. Yeah, it was just really weird because you're like, OK, I've got that adrenaline. I'm feeling it. And then he's like. Let me talk to you about my dead wife and my dead child. And you're like, whoa, zero to 60. <laughs> I'm not ready to go into emotion, into this emotion. Yeah, it was so, so weird. It's so weird. Um, another thing is the very last line of the movie. So they're basically like, as they're driving away victorious. Actually, what are they driving in? Their car blew up. I don't know. I think it might be Toadie's vehicle or something. But how could they drive it? It wasn't even pink. Anyway, so they're driving away. They've got all these, like, women in the back seat, and they're like, all right, well, get to bang in there, Sam. Got it. <laughs> and he, he says, literally, this is the last line of the movie. He goes, ah, a soldier's work is never done. Like, walk a walk. Like, so, so bad. Just uninspired, like, pulling on... Wait, Other... did you get an hour and a half into this movie and expect the last line to be inspired? And it expected to be something. I guess it's like Wait, this last line's gonna bring it all it's together, bring guys. It all together. <laughs> I, mean, it's, I guess it's the perfect It's gonna ending. be like the prestige here. It's all gonna right, be Yeah, sense. exactly. <laughs> it's like this mediocre and dull movie that echoes better movies that came before it like right. every turn. And it uses all these things that make other cult classics before it work and waters them down to like a wisp as their former self and is like, here we go. Enjoy. So bad. Yep. 
Yeah. Bella was bad. I think Izzy, while we were watching, she's like, uh, if I were working on this movie, I would show up every day to the set drunk. <laughs> I don't even drink that much. <laughs> no, she's like, like, I would just hammer him back <laughs> and be like, this is me. Here we <laughs> this go. This is me on film. Because there's no point. It's like, you want me to lay down on this table and have some scarves over me? Great. I've had 14 beers already. <laughs> like, <laughs> Let's get weird. Let's get weird, man. Three steps time. Uh, so many. One of the notes I put down on uh, like where I wrote my notes, it says Mad Max plus water, word, wa- uh, wa- water world plus dumpster fire. Yeah, that's, a, that's accurate. And I was like, yeah, that's pretty much the, what sums up this movie for me. Yep. yep. <laughs> oh, oh I have one last thing that yeah. I just remembered that Izzy and I were losing our minds over. <laughs> so at one point, um, Sam and Arabella, the weird frog lady, are trying to find um, the scientist Spangle. Uh, and mm. she goes... All right, quick, let me show you the shortcut. <laughs> and this might have been my favorite part of the whole movie. So uh, they start going, like, I guess this back way. And, like, maybe 10 seconds into the shortcut, she trips and falls down some stairs and falls into a big pile of wires. And somehow she is, like, impossibly tangled in them just after falling at them. She can't go on anymore. And she's like, Go on without me. It's like, you were showing me the shortcut. I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> he doesn't say that. He just keeps going. But it doesn't make any it just sense. Ha- Stuff in this movie just happened. It's like, oh, you're supposed to take me here? I'll just do it myself. It's Look, fine. Cause and effect <laughs> is optional, people. Exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. So in terms of production, we've talked a, a little bit about, uh, you know, how we would want to get drunk, plastered while on set or... <laughs> You know, what might have gone into this movie. But there is there are a couple interesting things to talk about in regards to production. So I I saw that there were different people up for the role of Sam Hell. And I looked them all up and they all seemed to be kind of like direct to video, direct to DVD type actors. I recognized a couple of them, may have seen them in some stuff, but they weren't like, oh, my God, they could have gotten X. Except Mm -hmm. there was one person that New World, the uh, production company, apparently strongly pushed and that was daniel stern but daniel stern wanted aspects of his character altered daniel stern most people would know as marv from the first two home alone movies and was in many other things and the thing is if this movie had starred daniel stern i'm sure he would have been funnier i'm sure he would have been more entertaining (laughs) um so that kind of sucks because Daniel Stern is like kind of this unlikely hero <laughs> could have been fun. Um, but yeah, so there's Daniel Stern. And then in terms of who was working on this, I mentioned uh, Donald G. Jackson. And he apparently had a very lengthy career uh, beyond Hell Comes to Frogtown because he made, a, if you look on Wikipedia, you can see a long list of his films. But amongst them, some of his films with choice titles are... I like to hurt people. <laughs> UFO oh, secret no. video. The oh, Rollerblade no. Seven. Legend of the Rollerblade Seven. <laughs> Return of the Rollerblade Seven. <laughs> the public demanded these, of course. Pocket Ninjas. 
Baby Ghost, which I'm very curious about. I'm very curious too. Little Lost oh, Sea no. Serpent, which I really hope is not nearly as like innocent as it sounds. I hope it's just like horrific. Little Lost Sea Serpent. There's just something terrible going on. Uh, a title that I really love, and I hope the movie lives up to it. Something called Roller Gator. Um, big. I. I'm yeah, sorry. Go ahead. I didn't mean to interject. My brother and I literally just watched a portion of it. Is it good? Is it bad? Is it everything it needs to be? I, I don't even know because I got him to watch uh, Rift Tracks because yeah. I was like, oh my god, I want to watch more of these things. Yeah. And so we watched like Birdemic. Oh god, not Birdemic. A different. Uh, I can't remember this time. Uh, Miami Connection. That's a okay. good one to watch. But that popped up, and he started. I was like, "Well, I have to go. I'm tired. I have to like work." <laughs> and I was just like, "I don't understand <laughs> what this is." <laughs> so I think that's one of the ones like we're eventually going to probably have to watch fully. Okay, all right. So I'm going to keep Roller back. Gator on my uh, on my radar. <laughs> Big Sister 2000, Lingerie Kickboxer. Sick. And Sick. and lastly, Guns of El Chupacabra, which I'm very excited about that title. I, I in my mind, it's like the Chupacabra in a Western and he's a gunslinger. Yes. That's what I hope yes. it is. But uh, so he apparently he made all of those movies and he also did uh, more Frogtown movies. The uh, again, the public demanded it. Um, <laughs> Hell Comes to Frogtown uh, spawned the sequel Return to Frogtown, released direct to VHS in 1993. And he also made a movie called Toad Warrior in 1996, which was later called Max Hell Frog Warrior in 2002. Oh they, they renamed it. And it was supposed to be like a standalone story. So he's creating his own Frogtown universe well before, well before Disney was doing a Star Wars story. He was doing a Frogtown story. Uh, and uh, he made three Frogtown adjacent films uh, along with all of those other classics we discussed. Does, does Roddy Piper all. reprise his role? Uh, no, I think, it's, I think it's new people in all of them. Yeah, some other guy. Well, I just saw the tagline for uh, Guns of El Chupacabra. Here's the tagline. Uh, one bloodthirsty monster, one space sheriff, and one million bullets. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, I'm I'm intrigued. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, and then the only other thing to throw out in terms of production, uh, Doug caught something that I didn't see, and so I dug into it. Doug thought that the co-writer of this, Randall Frakes, had written Terminator. And I was like, what? And so I went and double-checked that. <laughs> so apparently Randall Frakes is like a friend of James Cameron. I think they may have like come up together maybe in like the, the Roger Corman school or something when they were like shooting low-budget stuff. Because he appeared to do some special effects work and he was like special effects on Aliens and some other things. But he did have some writing credits, and among them was he did not write Terminator or Terminator 2, but he did write the novelizations for Terminator and Terminator 2. There it is. Probably okay. because he was friends with Cameron and Cameron gave him the gig. And then, but he did apparently co write the story with Cameron for True Lies. So I guess they developed the story for True Lies together, and then like Cameron went off and did the screenplay probably with somebody else. Cause I think he usually like co-wrote those, but that guy did have some writing credits on stuff, but nothing that popped out to me that I've uh, recognized. 
So, anything else to add for Hell Comes to Frogtown? What more Don't is watch there it. to say? Don't watch it. <laughs> We're not there yet, Doug. Sorry. <laughs> no other no other final scraps. I think I made it through all my notes. All right. <laughs> so many. Alright, so which brings us to would you recommend Hell Comes to Frogtown? Doug. Uh that's gonna be a no for me. <laughs> would you care to elaborate? Nah, I mean not a whole lot. Um, if you, He's like, if I just been, elaborated for the last hour. What more do you want? Yeah, if you're still listening at this point, <laughs> I think um, my feeling, our feelings on it are pretty clear. Like, unless you're really into terrible, terrible films and you like to laugh at them, like this, then this is your like this is your thing. Like, go for it. Um, but uh, if you're not, if that's not you, then this is this is not going to be something that uh, is worth your time. There's some laughable, funny moments because the movie is trying to be like that, right? Like mm-hmm. it's trying to put you in crazy, ridiculous situations and have you have you laugh at them. And and for that, I will give it credit. Like it, there are moments of this film that are fun, uh, but none of it is well done. <laughs> and, uh, Except for the frog and so, faces, yeah, and the costumes. <laughs> Except for me. So look up some imagery of the uh, frog faces. <laughs> That's exactly Skip what it's like. It's like, just look it up. <laughs> and uh, watch something better. Izzy? I, there's like a part of me that I know certain people would enjoy this movie. But then there's a the part of me that's like, no, that was, that was freaking terrible. Like, it was bad. And I just, I don't know. I feel like if you want to have... Just if you want to put something on in the background and you're like, I need to do something like I need to like, I don't know, clean the bathroom, something like that. And you hear (laughs) Ronnie Piper in the background yelling. Cool. Cool. Do that. But I don't think you should sit down and watch this movie as a whole. It's just it's it. Yeah, it's a little it's a little rapey. I I didn't want to say the R word, but that's the way I felt. Yep. (laughs) Just a little like, "Mm, this is scandalous. I don't like this. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I agree. I think it's if if you are aware of the um, problems that this movie has and like you can handle rampant misogyny and you can handle just like, ooh, real questionable choices uh in that arena okay i could see watching this like once if you're a b-movie fan if you're like really into b-movies like i looked on imdb and this had so many 10 out of 10s and i was like what's what's wrong with you people i was like getting actually angry at how highly rated this was on imdb i think though people will i've seen this on other rating sites like people will rate bad movies that they like and give it. I never do that. I if if I think a movie is terrible, I still give it a one, even if I enjoy it. Ironically, but I think there are people mm-hmm. out there who, oh, this is a ten star movie because they love laughing at it. But I've seen it. It's not even that. It's like not that enjoyable because you know, love bad movies. Huge mystery science theater fan. Love mm-hmm. all of that. This isn't even quite like funny enough to be like, oh, every B movie fan has to watch this a hundred percent. I'm not saying I regret seeing it. Uh, I I might regret the nightmares that follow, but um, it's it's just not it's 
it's okay. I think if we got to Frogtown earlier, if we didn't waste so much weird time in the desert, <laughs> yep. uh, maybe it could well, have, like, hell had there. to come to Frogtown, though. We had to build to that. <laughs> <laughs> you can watch, honestly, you can watch the trailer on YouTube. <laughs> That'll do it. And it'll tell you the entire plot of the movie. Yeah. It's almost like, wait, this is like a four-minute trailer. Like, why is this so long? <laughs> the movie itself is actually not very long. It's probably like an hour and 20 minutes, because I think some of its credits mm. I didn't count. But it's it's like an hour 26 with credits, so it's probably something under that. So, Jack, you're in the the not-really camp, right? That's I didn't want to cut you it, off. It's it, Again, as always, I have tons of caveats. It's like, okay, are you into B-movies? Are you okay with weird questionable uncomfortable things are you okay with a really boring <laughs> protagonist who pretends like he's the shit are you is that fine okay great watch this that's fine but um it's not i'm not going to go enthusiastically say oh my god frogtown you guys have to see it you're not going to become like a Midwestern mother. Oh my God, Frog Town. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> what is <laughs> So for me, uh, I mean, I'm basically with everybody on it. Like I, I would recommend it to be movie fans. I do think it's something if you like to see those kind of things, those kind of cult movies, the whole podcast is built not just around pod, uh, you know cult movies, but built around odd movies or movies that didn't get their due and that kind of stuff. So for me, reading this premise, if I had never seen this before, I still would have been like, I think I have to check this out. The same way with like Roller Gator. <laughs> I think I have to go find Roller Gator and Guns of El Chupacabra. Yeah. 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 I think those may be shows in the future. Like I just the titles alone, yeah. I got to see this. But yeah. um, so on that level, yeah, I, I think if you're a big B-movie fan, I think it's worth watching on that regard. I think it's a good, like, drunk movie to, like, watch and make fun of. I could see but that. But that said, I think um, everybody's right that it's not as fun or funny as as the best of the bad movies. It's not – there aren't as so many – I mean, if you watch The Room – and the room has parts where you are genuinely just rolling at how inept it is or weird or funny. A lot of times this movie is, they're just stretches of it being boring. There's stretches of it being very like just dumb, like where, yeah, okay, it's bad, but it's not like funny bad. And then as everyone yeah. says, there are, you know, lots, there's lots of sexism and dated things they might've thought was fine in 1988 probably still weren't but they might have thought that but yeah it's it doesn't play well in a lot of regards and you get that with a lot of bad movies there's plenty of un you know distasteful things in bad movies and in old bad movies so to me that's never like a surprise but yeah i would say if you are into bad movies it's worth watching like once i've seen this twice I watched it years ago. It was not something I added to my collection. It's not something that I would have been like, I got to go watch Frogtown again. But I was like, well, it fits for the podcast. It's something to get the word out about because it is such a bizarre watch. And it does have like flashes of fun for how crazy it gets. But that said, yeah, ultimately it's not a great movie. So it's a very tepid recommendation for me. That's good. Okay, which brings us to wrapping up here. Can I find this? And Hell Comes to Frogtown seems to be pretty uh, accessible. 
that you can get it on iTunes, YouTube, Vudu, Tubi. Tubi, it looked like it was free. Uh, might be some other places. And then it is on DVD and Blu-ray. So if you are, and I think the DVD might have been like a co-DVD thing. It might have, maybe it was with a sequel or some other movie. I saw it was like a split thing. The Blu-ray, I think it might have gotten one of those like Shout Factory or similar places. Um, one of those like special versions where they charge <laughs> way too much money for some cult thing because they get like three directors commentaries and you know a couple featurettes or something anyway so it looked like they did some kind of uh, extra special edition blu-ray of hell comes to Frogtown. so you you can get this movie any which way you want but you can't get the fall what is this world you could I'm get so the angry. fall like right after it came out in like 2008 but yeah you can't get it anymore i've been looking it's on ebay for too much money but yeah you can't uh I hate this stupid world. <laughs> Look, the people demand Frogtown, Jack. <laughs> yes. Three of them. True. Uh, but yeah, so uh, Hell Comes to Frogtown can be tracked down in multiple ways. And then we will be back next time with um, another bizarre movie, but not... Our, our last two have been kind of like in the very bad movie category with Sir Billy and now Hell Comes to Frogtown. Our next one is going to be The Evil Within which is a bizarre horror film from the 2010s, but uh, bizarre for kind of its background production, bizarre for what's in it, but it very much is taking itself seriously as a horror film. It's not trying to be goofy or quirky, like any of this kind of stuff. It's not like a midnight movie. It's just a very odd horror film that came out. So we will dig into that movie coming up next. So Evil Within, see you then.